0: Three, two, one.
1: Here we go. Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Boston Scientific. We're streaming live on YouTube, we on Facebook, and of course, I am your host, Will. Walker still boom y'all had the chat cut up already man hey today the Cowboys I should say yesterday opened up camp. we'll be covering that throughout the entire rest of the week got my dates mixed up man lots of nuggets came out of day one from the presser from practice and we'll be touching on a handful of things and I'm gonna talk about why I think they got this one thing right um I thought they weren't getting it right, but I think they got this one thing right. Plus, in the roundup, another big name attached to the Cowboys. We're going to find out if it's capping here or if it's real. Yeah, I'll be be reaching out and seeing what's happening. We'll see what's up with that. But Cowboys get another big name, big player name, out of position they could potentially use uh, out here, surfacing around the Dallas Cowboys. Now, we'll see if it's just a ploy or if there's something to it, Cowboys Nation. What's good, Bomb Squad? Bomb Squad! Appreciate y'all for being here, no matter how you're watching, whether you're out there driving in a truck, at work, on your computer, got me in the background listening, got me up on your phone. I absolutely love you guys, and thank you for being here every single morning. And what's turning out to be one of, if, if not the uh, best Cowboys morning show, and it's because of y'all, man, it's because of y'all that that this is happening. So, We'll continue to keep trying to make this thing great. But uh, look, I got my dates mixed up. I thought they started minicamp today. They started yesterday. So to my surprise, when uh, I got off the show and the presser started the, the Mike McCarthy press conference, I'm like, oh, it's today? Perfect. Because we got real concrete things to talk about. So then I reached out to 2i. I said, hey, twin, y'all going to be covering minicamp all week. Will y'all be there all week? Not just one day. She said every day. I said, let's go, baby. No, this is exactly what I did. Do I got my, no, I don't have it in here. I don't got it in here. But I was hyped, man. I was excited because we'll have real Cowboys uh, information every single day, fresh information every single day. And uh, that excites me, man. So we'll get into some of that today. Then tomorrow we'll go inside minicamp where we'll talk to our guy, Pat Walker, about the first two days of minicamp. And Friday, we will recap the entire week so we're we're covered for the rest of the week and uh I love it man I absolutely love it so with that said let's get into this roundup here in a quick second again you can call into the phone line 351 999 3787 is the call in line so we can talk about mini camp and more uh I just happened to look over and Matisse said did we get the press pass yet? That will be for camp. Uh you have to actually put in for that after this week. And uh, I should know by the time July gets here. Uh, you know, it's a bit of a process, but but I feel good about it. I think we did well last year, and it's funny that you brought that up, Matisse, because I'm going to bring up a a uh, interview I did with a certain player last year at camp. So that's kind of crazy you said that, but uh, we'll see. I'll let you guys know if I get the press pass again, and I'm hope hopefully this year we get it for longer than a few days. So. With that said, y'all, let's hit this roundup, man. We got a lot to cover, and uh, I want to talk to y'all about it. Let's do it. It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time! It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Oh, they do it. Hey. Oh, they do it. hey, yo. So, per usual, when there's a big name out there, the media usually attaches the Cowboys' name to it. And the rumor right now is that the Cowboys potentially have interest in running back Dalvin Cook. This was from a Minnesota reporter. He said, quote, Dallas is another team that has internally kicked around the option of adding Dalvin. Now, a couple months ago, at this point, right, we we talked about this down at the Cochran Firm. We brought it up. We said, well, I said, before the draft, by the way, when the rumors were that the, the Vikings were looking to move on from Dalvin Cook, I, I said something along the lines of, I don't think the Cowboys would be interested because of the price tag, but I think they should be interested. Let's run that back. The price tag at that point in time was not only the money. I think he's getting paid roughly around the 10 million APY, but the compensation for a trade, Uh, whatever it was going to cost you, whether it be a day three pick or not. I still don't think Dallas would have did that. Plus took on that money, given the running back position. I don't think they're in the business of doing that anymore. However, if Dalvin cook is cut, that changes everything. If Dalvin Cook becomes a free agent on the open market and he's willing to take a one-year team-friendly deal, he absolutely should be at the top of the list, in my opinion, of potential veteran additions. Dallas has done it for three consecutive seasons. Uh, Who was? Everson Griffin in 2020. Malik Hooker, Demate KZ in 2021. And then in 2022, it was Anthony Barr. And Jason Peters, but that was injury-related. I said this a couple weeks ago. I do think they'll add a veteran. They, they, they've they done that. Whether it be a kicker, it could be that, whatever. But they will add a veteran in a position that they believe could use some depth. Right now, running back is, is such a tricky situation because you don't necessarily need a Dalvin Cook at the price he is right now because running backs don't Look, it is what it is. You can call it devalued. You can call it what you want. But running backs are easily swapped in and out. However, if Dalvin Cook still got it, he's still good. I personally think he'd be an upgrade to Ezekiel Elliott from last year. Yeah, I do. Last year, Dalvin Cook averaged five yards per carry between the tackles. And that's kind of where a lot of people are worried. Well, who's going to run between the tackles? I personally think Ronald Jones is going to surprise people at camp in preseason. But... Let's just pretend y'all all all out on Ronald Jones, whatever. Dalvin Cook averaged five yards per carry between the tackles. He had 30 10-plus yard runs last year. Zeke had 17. His yards after contact, also better. 3.18 to Zeke's 2.74, which ranked 40-30 in the NFL. And he forced 51 missed tackles last year to Zeke's 30. In fact, Zeke has never forced 51 missed tackles in his career. Now, you can say, well, Zeke has been better than Dalvin Cook in his crypt. That's fine. I can care less about what he was three, four years ago. Dalvin Cook, I think, is a better player now. So if Dalvin Cook is on the market, and this is real, and Dallas is interested, obviously, it'll come down to money. But I think this is one of those situations where we know that, that magic number for Dallas. The magic number is about $6 million. It's about $6 million. They will try to get that way under. And I appreciate that, right? Because it is the running back position. But if you are truly all in, I think he 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 could be worth saying, "Hey, let's go ahead and push it here to our max at that five six million dollars." Especially if you're trying to go all in here. So if that, if this if this is real, if there is true interest, I'm one hundred percent for this. If it's just clickbait stuff, they're trying to get their clicks, then, you know, it is what it is. It's the Cowboys. That's how you do it. But if he gets cut, Dallas should 100% be in on this. I mean, I'll ask you guys, but I don't think there's going to be a a pushback. But if you are, are you for the Cowboys bringing in a Dalvin Cook? Uh, let me put a price tag on it. At half his cost this year. I think it's. I think he's around ten million. So at half his cost, would you be interested in bringing in Dalvin Cook at half his cost this year? So we're talking about roughly five million dollars. I would. I would one hundred percent do it. Tony Pollard, Dalvin Cook would make a fantastic duo, and then you could mix in a uh, Deuce Vaughn out the backfield. Y'all know how I feel, anyway. If you're going to if you're going to have a rushing attack by committee, you need three dudes anyway. You yeah. know. You need three guys. So, yeah, Dalvin Cook, man, come on down if you can. Yeah, everybody except Big Sarge seems to be in on this one here. Oh, smoke, smoke. So, we got two no's. Yeah, this seems to be a no-brainer here. No-brainer. The Cowboys are going to be cautious with Tony Pollard and then, quote, We'll see on Terrence Steele for camp. Mike McCarthy had his pre-practice presser, which we'll listen to in a few minutes here. Not the whole thing, just a few clips. Uh, on Tony Pollard, this is what he said. He said he stated they're they're being smart with him, not pushing. And remember, TP stated he was good uh, to go, but they're just being smart as well. So Tony Pollard, there, there seems to be no question Tony Pollard's going to be ready here for training camp. They're just being quote-unquote smart. However... On Terrence Steele, he said he's the guy they have to see once they get to Oxnard. Makes sense. Towards ACL, some more severe injury than Tony Pollard's, and it was late in the season in December. So doing some digging, reaching out. It seems as though the people in the building are not worried about him being ready for the season, but they're not pushing him until they get to camp. So I think we'll know more about Terrence Steele's availability in camp Once we get to camp. I haven't heard Pup list yet. Which is a good thing. Because if they're not looking to put him on Pup. That means he's closer than expected. Now he could be put on Pup. And then pulled off. The Pup really is a thing. After a certain period point in time. If you were staying on Pup list during the season. You'll miss four games. Uh, So that's something to monitor. Because we know Jordan Lewis is going to be on the Pup list. Terrence Steele however. Doesn't feel like a Pup list candidate. Yet. No one has said that. But we'll see when we get to camp per Mike McCarthy. So that's this morning's roundup. And we'll tie most of this actually. We'll talk about the running back room in a second here. And we'll also talk about that offensive line. But before we do that, the uh Dalvin Cook conversation actually brought up some, some some good stuff in here. Let me let me see what y'all talking about in here. A lot of people are uh in on this here, or in or out on this <laughs> smoke said i swear we just quit on malik davis no bro watch your own video on him sky you was so right about the kid then as you are now about him on that video no not out on malik davis uh look just because you're bringing in competition like a dalvin cook doesn't mean you got to be out on other guys What's wrong with competition, number one, and what's wrong with better players? I mean, look, like Malik Davis, dog. Are you are you insinuating he's better than Dalvin Cook? I think that'd be false. You know, I think that'd be false. Are those that are out on Cook? Why? That's maybe that's what I should ask. Is it the money? Is it that you want you want a younger player to have the opportunity? Like, what is the reasons? Because it can't it can't be about the talent right I mean this is really damn good player who played 17 games for you last year so it's not like you know oh man he, he was banged up he got injured he didn't play he played all 17 games and he played well uh, and he kind of brings a an aspect to your room that some people don't believe is there although I think Ronald Jones can be that physical presence but Dalvin Cook runs with the physical presence at all so what What is it about Dalvin that you're out on? I think that's the question. I know one thing he's available. Who's he? Dalvin Cook's available. I mean, in the sense of he's not hurt. Will Cook stunt the growth of Malik and Deuce? I don't think you're worried about stunting the growth of, well, again, I'm really trying to be respectful of these players. I don't think you worry about stunning the growth of your fourth running back in Malik Davis. I don't think that matters. Deuce Vaughn is here for four years, so you don't necessarily sweat that either. We got to look at this a little bit. In a micro standpoint, in the fact that we're talking about Dalvin Cook on one year. I'm talking about Dalvin Cook being for five years and uh, one year getting a duo approach with Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. So. Are we out on Dalvin Cook because of what? Talent? No way. No way you're telling me. Backs on this team outside of Tony Pollard are better than Dalvin Cook, right? I guess not what you're telling me. Is it that we're, as Cowboy fans, we're kind of, oh man, we like Malik Davis. We're close. To Malik. That's our guy. I want Malik Davis to get a shot. Deuce Vaughn is our guy. We drafted him. I'm rooting for Deuce Vaughn. If that's the case, hey, that is what it is. We all have an attachment to certain players. But if we're just talking about what's best for the team, adding a better player, I think is best for the team. So, why are you... So, Tom, you didn't say why you're out. You said your concern is cost. How we acquire him, age, durability, front office, politics. What well, Front office politics shouldn't matter. He's the better player. So you can get that out of there. Durability. He played 17 games last year. Uh, age. He's what? 27, 28. I mean, I guess. And then cost. I mean, again, that, that's why I added the, these details. One year, $5 million on Dalvin Cook. And all some of y'all are like, no. I mean, if I can get one year, five mil out of Dalvin Cook, bro. Give me that all day and tomorrow. All day and tomorrow. Uh I didn't think this would actually go go this deep, but interesting. I mean, see Hayes, look, no nobody knows anything, and and, and I'm not saying you don't give the guys a chance. Yeah, I, I, I see what's going on here. We're we're kind of holding to our guys. I get it. I get. It. I feel y'all. I get it. We you get attached to these players or to to it's your team, it's your guys. Outsiders kind of get looked at. All right, I feel you. I feel you. I just think Dalvin Cook would. Is a better player than everybody not named Tony Pollard on his team, as we currently speak. And if you're getting for a, a reasonable price, sign me up all day. If it's not reasonable, I'll pass. D. Shift called in. He might got something to say about this. What's good, D. Shift. What's going on, Scott? What's up
2: with you? I, I hundred oh, percent, man. I hundred percent agree with you, man. It's not like we're about to. Uh, it's not like we're about to allocate eighteen, nineteen million to the running back position for five years, four years. Yeah. We're just doing this for one year, you know? Like I, I think in, in, in certain cases, like you gotta like go against the grain and which what's philosophically correct, right? So like you have good contracts of you have a guy, Michael Parsons, who like you're underpaying, like way underpaying, right? So it kind of balances out. Like we can't always be a team that's always like penny pension. Like we we get at Steven Jones but as soon as like you have a move to make that can, like that can put you over the hump a little bit, like it's it's like the tax you pay, right? Uh, I mean, it's you you just pay the little toll tax to like if you need to get somewhere real quick, like just pay the little toll tax. So I think as far as like the money and talking about you know we don't want to pay the running back room. Like I, I think in 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 the grand scheme and the bigger picture, yes. But like just for one year to go over. And push yourself over with somebody like, like Dalvin Cook, um, you know I I mean because relatively like who who like where are you gonna put that uh, that money at you know, like if you're trying to save twenty million to get a whole bunch of value picks like you put what two million on Anthony Barr last year like I paid three million more hey, for look, for Dalvin Cook
1: D. Shift the, the 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 player that I go back to that tells me look if you're willing to pay this man that amount of money then you should be willing to pay other players that are better or makes more sense. And I'm talking about Keanu Neal. They paid Keanu Neal $5 million to switch positions and he was a complete bust. Right? So if you're willing to pay Keanu Neal $5 million who did absolutely nothing for you, you know, hump wise, uh, I I don't see how that would be an issue for a guy like, like Dalvin cook, who is still playing at a high level in his career. Uh, but I do think money matters though, right? We're still talking about the Cowboys. Um, so if he's yeah, like, nah, I want, I want my $10 to, to $12 million, then nah, I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm out on that because I know how the Cowboys operate here. They're not fitting to put $22 million into the running back room, um, nor really should they. But again, if he's willing to come in here on a one-year deal at about half of what he's getting paid now, I'm willing to listen to that for sure. And if you in that room, a Malik Davis, or Deuce Vaughn, or whomever, can't handle the heat of competition, then did I really want you on the team anyway if you ain't signed a Dalvin cook, that should make you want to push harder to make this team
2: yeah no I mean it's I and mean, they honestly they haven't proven any, anything yet they you haven't proven anything so you, year, don't, right. you don't you don't go for like unproven commodities and uh I was listening to the the guys on the uh the final world and they were uh Brian Broaddus, and Broaddus was talking about how Malik Davis around. I guess that Niners game, I guess, kind of got a little impatient and, and just, like, spoke out about playing time or something. I don't yeah, know, he, there's a mature almost,
1: issue, maturity issue with him from what I'm hearing down there.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, there's, you know, there's things going on, like, behind the scenes also, like, that we got to keep in mind. Um, so, I, I don't know, man. I, I'd i go ahead and pay Dalvin Cook that money. Um, I mean, I, I'd pay Zeke for uh, at a certain amount, you know, just for the production that you can get for him. I just know that they 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 probably do need. That's where politics three running guys.
1: would would. That's where I would be nervous with with Zeke. I don't know if politics would be completely out the window with Dalvin Cook. That's not their guy. Uh, I saw somebody in the chat say you didn't you didn't extend or you didn't tag Tony Pollard to play second fiddle. Tony Pollard wouldn't be second fiddle. Tony Pollard would still be the lead back here. Dalvin Cook would be the guy that would be working in tandem with Tony Pollard. Um, but but Ezekiel Elliott. If, if politics can be thrown out the window, oh, all right, you know you can have the conversation. But politics was would worry me if he was to return. And
2: I, and I also contest with Tony Pollard. Like you're not only just paying, a t- you're not just paying for a running back. You're paying playing for a home run hitter, a home run threat. You know,
1: a dual, and, a dual uh, home run threat. A guy in the pass game and the run game that could could beat you both ways. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So you you pay a little bit of extra for like a playmaker, like. 30 million for a linebacker sounds crazy but when it's Michael Parsons you're going to pay that 30 million when it's time to pay 30 million. You yeah,
1: thinking us. about it, yeah.
2: You know, so like I think some guys like if if you know you're talking about paying uh you know Zeke contract was obviously bad but when you talk about what you're putting toward and what you're getting out of these guys and what you're paying them for like you got to kind of consider those things versus just look at it solely in a box of, oh, this is a running back and we shouldn't pay running backs this amount of money because you can get them. Well, you, I mean, you ain't really draft anybody. You know, you got Deuce. Uh, I'm going to be patient on Deuce. And, you know, also in the fact that Deuce and Pollard, like last year you only had one home run threat. You could potentially have two, which is kind of kind of taking a little bit of the pressure off TP. So the fact that you have those guys and all you need is somebody who can just – you just need to work through you know? You got the Indeed. Ferraris, you just need a little work truck so you can, I mean, if you want to buy a brand new one, cool, but you just need something to carry the tote, man, like take some of those, those, those dirty hits, get those dirty yards, and, and just keep it moving. But that's all I got for this. show, so I'm going to sit back and get it.
1: All right, man. P- appreciate you D-Shift calling in, man. Interesting, man. Interesting uh, topic here. It's a little bit slightly more divided than I thought. And I think because of that, I'm going to call a bit of an audible. I was going to start off the show talking about that offensive line situation, but I'm going to pivot. Just just real quick, I'm going to pivot here. And I want to bring up the running back room, because that's what we're talking about here. And this would be a perfect day to do State of the unit the running backs. But we'll save that stuff for the next couple, couple weeks, because we won't have a lot of Cowboys content here. Uh, before I do that, though, we got a couple... Super Chats. Super Chat. Towboat drop one. Appreciate you. Says, Stephen Jones is like Paul Heyman in the ECW. Uh, he got all this badass talent that he tries to figure out how not to pay. There is some there's some issue on Paul Heyman about that. In fact, we'll get into wrestling stuff later. Super Chat. Uh, Smoke one for you. He dropped five. Appreciate you. He says, so tell me, this guy, would this be an all-in pickup if we go get cooked? I would say yes, but at a good price, my friend. 100%. Uh, this this would definitely, to me, be be an all-in move. Already on top of the other all-in moves with Cooks and Gilmore. But Mike McCarthy actually talked about... Uh, pull it up here. He actually talked about the running back room. Interestingly enough, we're talking about the running back room right now. He brought up uh, Tony Pollard and kind of his leadership and, and what he's been doing for this room. And just the opportunity, as you guys brought up, for the other guys. So... Here is Mike McCarthy, if I can – yep. Here's Mike McCarthy on the running back room and how they're taking a year-one approach, and that's something I want to discuss as well. So here we go.
0: Well, that's a cool room. I mean, that's that's a room that, that, that really I think they've all – have just really see the opportunity in front of them, you know, starting with Tony. I think Tony has done an incredible Tony, – Tony is outstanding – he's got a lot of natural leadership. Uh, you know, if you, you watch him in a classroom, uh, extremely bright. He's on top of it, you know, cuz there's there's a, there's a lot of new in that room too. You know, we're asking more of our of our running back position from a responsibility standpoint in pass protection. You know, we've changed some things and you know, our outside zone is going to be different than it was before. So I mean, it's this is you know, we've taken a first-year approach, you know, offensively, so there are a lot of nuances uh, in technique things they're, they're going to be a bit different. And, and Tony, Tony's frankly jumping to big to get out there physically. So I mean, he's been, he's been there the whole time, but I think he's done an outstanding job in the leadership role. And I really like the, the young guys. I mean, Malik and Rico have really stepped up. You know, Deuce has come in here, and, and you know, and I think all I, I just really like the way the groups approached it. You know, they've all been um, you know on top of their p's and q's. You know, I think Jeff Blasco's doing an excellent job there. He's he brings a whole different. Um, you know, mindset and outlook, you know, from his background there too. So I think the bigger picture things we're doing conceptually, uh, in in the run and the pass protection, you know, there's there's more responsibility there. And, you know, you know, we won't really get to see it until, you know, May thirty first, which is the first day we put pads on. Um, so, you know, I think that, that, that will tell the tell a story. But I think the running back group has has really had a good off season.
1: We said a handful of things there uh that I had Put down here. The pass protection situation is interesting. They're they're tweaking that. They're they're doing different things there. They're completely scratching their outside zone schemes. That is something that I really was interested in hearing about. Um, and I was hoping somebody and that's that's very nerdy stuff. Their X No stuff, those reporters ain't really trying to hear all that. But I wish they would have kind of hammered that home. Like, what what exactly? And he probably wouldn't have told you, but Um, I'm definitely interested to know what the outside zone difference is going to be. And then he brought up how we're taking a year one approach. So, pull this back here. If you've you've followed Mike McCarthy over the last, how many months? Five months or whatever since the season ended. And uh, here we go. Since Kellen Moore left. You hear him say this often. Now we're taking a year one approach. Doing it with the scheme. Doing it with the quarterbacks. Doing it with... The, the play call and doing it with the running backs. Just imagine if this wasn't a year one approach. Right? Just imagine if this was a year four approach where these guys would be in their comfortability level, right? And, and that's and that's on them for, for keeping Kellen around when he was hired here. So there probably will be growing pain. Yeah, I didn't understand the May 31st either, Sir Lawrence, I didn't get that. But there will probably be uh, growing pains offensively because they're taking a year one approach with that with everything. Um, and maybe this is why it's more important for these guys to actually play in preseason, but a whole different discussion. Nonetheless, those are some of the things that I took away uh when McCarthy was talking about the running back room in general. Year one approach outside zone. I actually kind of love to to hear about them hammering that because one of the things they did well was run outside zone. They didn't run it often. Um they didn't use a fullback with it. They they used their tight ends to kind of do the pulls. They sometimes will pull their tackle and guard. But they never really did it a lot. They did more power as opposed to to doing some zone things. And if you're getting a outside zone scheme coming in here, Dalvin Cook, by the way, is fantastic. And that, but that's a whole different discussion. So, yeah, that was, that was Coach McCarthy on the, the running back room. So now I'm going to bring this back here. And come back to the top where I wanted to start this whole thing out with. And that was what I thought was something I noticed that they're doing exactly right. Which just 24 hours ago, I did not think they were doing this thing exactly right. And I'm talking about the offensive line. So coming out of camp, I'm sorry, coming out of day one, if I could pull this up here. In the presser, Mike McCarthy talked about the Cowboys. The Cowboys getting Tyren Smith work this week at left tackle and Tyler Smith at left guard. And when I heard him say that in the pre-practice presser, I said, okay, they're handling this thing. Right. And, and what I mean is I think they're learning from their mistakes from last summer. From what I remember and correct me if I'm wrong here. It was extensive work at left guard for Tyler Smith it was obviously left tackle Tyren Smith. He clearly wasn't going to play anything else. And then Terrence Steele. The line was the line. They really didn't prepare for the inevitable, which was Tyron going down. They kind of have no choice but to prepare because Ty Terrence Steele's not in there. But they're not just working on. Oh well, who's playing right tackle? they are doing a, a bunch of different variations of the line. And this was Michael Gelkin's tweet here. Tyler Smith saw reps at left guard, Tyron at left tackle, uh, and Matt Walesko was in at right tackle and also did some left guard things. Chimo Adoja did some left tackle, left guard things, and Josh Ball, he stayed busy at right guard with Matt Forniak doing some more center things. So I actually appreciate this. Let me Let me, let me kind of take a step back Because, look, last week and and the weeks before when we heard all this Terrence Steele thing, I think, me personally, I'm not going to speak for y'all. Me personally, I I missed the big picture because I just kept thinking about Terrence Steele at left. Get the hell out of here, right? Some time passes by. (laughs) Things seem to be all right now with Tyron at left tackle. They're essentially just preparing themselves, either A, for the inevitable, or B, for what could be, which is an injury, right? I do think Terrence is going to be the right tackle. I do think Tyron is going to be left tackle, but they they can't be as stubborn as they were last year. They could be. They could just say, you know what? We're going to, this is the lineup. This is we're working at. We're not going to try to see what guys look like at different spots, but they did that last year. And I personally think it set them back a little bit. They're not doing that this year. So I think they're actually handling this exactly right. So that's kind of, Me taking a step back, slowing down, not trying to overreact. Because I think we did enough overreaction when we, you know, last week when we saw, hey, Tyron's at right tackle. Rumors came out. Uh, Gelkin, by the way, who said, I don't see Tyron Smith not playing right tackle. You know, I I, look, I will admit. I was like, man, there's no way. I wasn't giving that thought any life until until Gelkin said that. Uh, But now this week, Things are reverting back to normal and let's see what happens in camp. So I'm a little bit more calm from it, uh, but we'll see once we get to camp and hopefully Terrence Steele is, is available sooner rather than later. So we can get this thing right heading into week one. Let's get Jake the great on the horn. What's good, man?
3: What's happening, Scott Walker bomb squad. Good morning.
1: What's up with you?
3: Man, um, I had a question, right? Um, now we're going to the West Coast offense, so that means more uh, of the offensive line doing the zone running scheme, right?
1: I, I mean, I I don't necessarily know, because I think with the West Coast is more about passing. I think with the the run game depends on what you decide to do, right? It depends on and, and Mike Solari I think is going to have a big influence him and Schottenheimer in how they run these things. So it sounds like they're changing the the outside zone looks uh but i don't still don't know yet what this run scheme is going to be that's why i can't wait for camp personally
3: right i mean that's that's a damn good uh good thing to know what the run scheme is going to be like cuz yeah. in my mind you know i'm not no offensive lineman i'm thinking maybe a lot more traps and a lot more counters right uh, in the uh um the the zone running scheme you think
1: well it's more so if it's, if it's a zone scheme, you're talking about like one cut read. Think, think back with Callahan, right? Where, where Callahan allowed prime DeMarco Murray to, to have kind of two or three reads and plant that leg. And once he plants it, he's downhill because you're giving your, your offensive lineman, op, or your offense, you're running back options and you're telling your offense line to get to a spot. Uh Solari has experience in many different schemes though. So, you know he was super power scheme guy in uh in San Fran, right? So he did a lot of power stuff there. But throughout his career, which is a long one, he's kind of did a lot. So I can't purse. I don't know just quite yet, Jake. And I don't I don't want to assume yet because Solari's been in so many different schemes. If it was a uh, if Callahan, I'm gonna just keep using Callahan. If the Cowboys hired Callahan, then I know exactly what we doing. But that's that's not necessarily the case. So I, I don't know yet.
3: Right, right. And on your uh question, I was about to say no on Dalvin Cook, right? Because I was uh I parked the truck and I went to Googling him, and I'm like, oh hell no, nah. he got 19 fumbles, and I was calling into shit all over him. So I realized <laughs> Zeke Elliott got 22 fumbles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was <is running. laughs> <That killed> my... <laughs> Jake was right, Hey, not my Zeke. Oh wait a minute, yeah, he got more fumbles. Well, yeah, yeah I know, man. It took all I my
3: thunder, man. It. But but you know that's all I had. I was just worried about the uh, the zone running scheme because you know I'm I'm trying to sneak Ezekiel Elliott back in here. I was uh, fresh off the final word, and the OC had me going. I was thinking that Zeke would be an, uh, a a great fit with the West Coast. Uh, with the West ah the zone running scheme. You know that's all I was thinking. But great show as always. I'm letting everybody else get in. Jake the Great. I'm out. Bomb Squad. Take it easy.
1: Salute. Appreciate you, Jake. Yeah, I mean, look the the zone scheme is definitely good for for one cut type runners, and, and I think that's that's what Zeke could be better at now, as opposed to trying to be a pure hammer. I, I don't, I just don't don't think he has he has too much wear on him. He needs to get he needs to have an offensive line or scheme that allows him to have the least you know amount of contact, uh, a lot of the most amount of yards before contact. Let me say that. Right. Or you want him not to get touched for about two or three yards downfield. And then if he can be a yards after contact guy, but he hasn't necessarily been that. Uh Look, man. I promise you, if his if his name wasn't his name, if he didn't play for this team, a lot of people would, would be like, I'm, I'm more interested in, in the Dalvin Cook situation. But he is who he is. Locker room guy. Play for this team. I get the affinity for Zeke. But I truly do not believe you're going to be worse off on this team at running back. I, I just don't. I actually worry more if he returns that they will play politics than if he's going to be some thousand yard back again. I worry about politics. I do. And you can't say, well, Sky, that's bs. It's not man. This team plays that. it's been it's been documented former players. It's been documented with coaches. Uh, And then just watch, just look at your eyes, man. It's clearly, it's clearly there that they played that. So that's what worries me about the whole situation. I don't want this team to play politics. Tony Pollard's like that, in my opinion. I don't mind you getting him a running mate or two, but allow them to be the running mate, is all I'm saying. Let's, uh, Let's fast forward a little bit here. Let's talk about, Did I get? Yeah, yeah, I got it right here. Let's talk about Brillo. (laughs) Mike McCarthy brought up Jabril Cox. Not Mike McCarthy, actually. Somebody at the presser brought up Jabril Cox. It's so interesting how this happened. Uh, He brought up Jabril Cox, and he talked about how his recovery is going, how, you know, the progress in his game and and the mental aspect of coming off of that injury is, is a big deal and tough. Were players and we saw it. We saw it with, with Jabril. We saw it with uh, Michael Gallup. But I'll let, I'll let McCarthy actually talk about himself. Here's Mike McCarthy on, on Brillo.
4: Jabril Cox, a guy that came back from the injury last year, maybe didn't get back all the way. Is he similar to Michael Gallup? Were you expecting him now being so far removed from the injury to maybe back to his old self?
0: I think you really answered it in your question. I, I think, you know, when you have players that have a major injury, you know, that, that first year back is, you know, there, there's a first time. For them, you know, get, getting through, you know, a number of thresholds they need to get over. So, I mean, I can only tell you, based off what I see, I, I do feel like he is back. You know, uh, he's he's had a really good off-season program, and you know, and obviously there's more competition there too. So, uh, but yeah, I I think major you know major joint injuries take time. You know, and I think you see it each year. You know, S- some guys, you know, it's they never really totally come back clean immediately. Uh, so. Uh, it's usually the second year where they where they really feel back to normal.
1: Uh, oh, let me pause this because it's going to run into something else. I actually got a chance to catch up with Brillo. I think it was uh, last offseason at training camp. And uh, it's funny because he was coming off his ACL. He had just got back on the practice field. And I was asking him, you know, how's the recovery going is, you know, is he going to play in the preseason or whatnot? And I'll let y'all listen to a little bit. This is this is me and Jabril Cox kind of just chatting it up real quick. And then I'll get to what he did actually in training camp. Got Jabril Cox here. Just came back. <laughs> just came back from the engine. How you feeling for me? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah, the knee's feeling right. Uh, feeling faster than ever, stronger than ever. I'm feeling good. All right, now year two, I imagine year one, it was like trying to drink water out of fire holes and all the stuff that to Year
3: two, man, how comfortable are you? Yeah, yeah very comfortable. Uh, I think the mental aspect was the part that I had to get down. I got that down during the offseason, and uh, now it's really just getting healthy physically. So mentally I feel good, uh, physically I feel good, and I'm ready to roll. Last one. Will we see you practicing with Denver this week? Been playing on Saturday Or I'm not sure yet? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, it just depends on Britt and my coaches. Uh, I'm on a snap count, so however many snaps they want me to get, that's however many I'll take. All right, man, Bill cops. appreciate it, though. All right, right appreciate
1: that's your bro Cox last year. got a chance to catch up with him a little bit. Uh, look, man, it's kind of similar to to last year, right? Where how you feel it mentally coming back from that injury. He clearly, and you listen to the coaches, uh, I think it was George Edwards also brought this up. He, he clearly wasn't all the way back. Uh, but he had a practice yesterday. <laughs> and look, I know some people are going to say, oh, well, it's just practice. I think things like this mean a lot, though, for guys like Brilla, who needs that kind of that momentum. And this is Pat Walker, and I think Gelkin also tweeted out about this as well. The final drive of the first Cowboys mini-practice was owned by Jabril Cox. He had two consecutive PBUs to prevent touchdowns in the red zone. He was then sworn by his teammates in celebration. The plays were that good, yes. Look, you want to hear this about Brillo. Because if he can come into his own in that linebacker room, that just adds more depth. And one of the things that I was, I think I want to say that that McCarthy might have brought it up, but one of the things that I completely believe in is the fact that the young guys last year just weren't ready from a mental standpoint, hence why they went out and got a veteran in Anthony Barr, because they didn't really, they really couldn't count on those guys. But now you got year two in Brillo's ex-teammate, right? And now you got year was it five or six whatever is a veteran in LVE, Devin Harper. We'll see what happens there. But it's re- you got Overshown. It's really not a deep room with a bunch of veterans. So you need some of these young guys to rise to the occasion. You hope that Clark can rise to the occasion. You love to hear that Brillo uh, is is gaining that momentum and that confidence back in his knee, which obviously will play big from a mental standpoint. So I absolutely love. To hear this, and I think it is impressive that he closed out practice in that way. And these are the little things that you build on. I always say this about JG, a whole bunch of JG isms. But one of the things I love, one of his best ones, was stacking good days on top of each other. And if Brillo can continue to do that, carrying into camp and then preseason, now you gain that trust of the staff, and you gain that trust of the nation too, because it is it's it may be a point where you need them. You're talking about LVE who gets injured. And if he gets injured, somebody has to be up next. So good to hear this from one Jabril Cox. And then finally, I want to get to Coach McCarthy and then we'll finish out here on the phones. I want to get to Coach McCarthy talking about play calling. I found this one fascinating because I'm actually tied together with what Zach Martin said here. But this was Coach McCarthy talking about being back in the saddle as a play caller right and you can just tell mike mccarthy is so damn happy to be back in that saddle to be in control because he really wasn't in control the first three years of his offense but i'll I'll let mccarthy kind of kind of get out of here and let you listen to what he had to say I mean, I think in
0: all coaches, you know, it doesn't depend, depend on what side of the ball you're on. I mean, that's that's the ultimate seat you want to sit in. I mean, it's, you know, it's everything that, that goes into preparing that game plan. And, and I think that's why you know, the the you know the collaboration and the continuity and the connection of your staff is so important and how you, you know, regulate and, and, and dish out the responsibilities all play into that. But you know, that's that's the guy that gets to compete on game day with the you know with the coordinator on the other side of the field. So yeah, I mean I think it's only natural <laughs> and that I'm that I'm enjoying it and, and it's been it's been a lot of fun to get back back
1: into it. Competition, man. Competition. He he missed that competition. And I don't blame him. You're a play caller for decades in this league, and then you're told you can't call the plays. You got to play it off, right? But it was it was clear, and it's been a theme: continuity, connection, communication. These are buzzwords that continue to be thrown around all offseason because whether you're pro Kellen or not, whatever, it just wasn't there. There wasn't that that connection. There wasn't that communication. There wasn't that continuity. I don't want to use the term dictatorship. There was a an absolute, right? Like that, this was absolutely Kellen's offense. And I don't have I cannot put my imprint on it. All I can do is try to alter how his offense is, is called. And that's what you heard in week one, where he came out and was like, we gotta be smarter with the play sheet. The game plan, not the plays, the play sheet. The sheet ain't, the, the the actual sheet ain't changing, like the plays. We got to figure out the best ways to actually put them in order or, or how to call them and when to call them situational football, complimentary football, all those buzzwords he used last year. You don't hear him using those words. You don't hear him using situational or complimentary at this point because that is in his DNA. That's what he's telling you. This is what I do. So. I'm excited to see him get back in that saddle. Whether it works or it doesn't work, he should be allowed to go down with the ship if that's what it's going to be. Or he should be allowed to to sail that ship to the promised land if that's what it's going to be. He should be the captain. I'm the captain now. Not a passenger on his own boat. So I love to hear that from him. Now, Mike, or not Mike McCarthy. Zach Martin had a, a very interesting quote uh, about Mike McCarthy as a play caller. He said, Quote, I think he's going to bring an edge to our offense. We're still going to run a football. It's going to be a big part of what we're doing. I think just the communication, there's that word again, and the little details that we've added this year are going to allow everyone to be on the same page. <laughs> yeah, coach is saying it. Your OC is saying it. Your quarterback is saying it. Your guard is saying it. It was clear that wasn't the case last year. He also said he's got a little edge. He's a Pittsburgh guy. When the guy's in front of you, showing you that every day, it rubs off on the group. I I just think this is very, maybe this will go by the wayside. Maybe I'm making a bigger deal out of it, whatever. But I'm going to make a bigger deal out of this. We often joked about this over the years. Anybody running through a wall for Kellen? Anybody getting motivated by Kellen? We talk about being a head coach is different than being a play caller. Why he ha- hasn't gotten a job I, is probably not guessing here because there's rumors out there from, I think it was Minnesota's uh, team that said they don't believe he can be a leader of men. Do y'all think Kellen Moore had an edge? Hmm? Do y'all think he brought some type of toughness to the team. Zach Martin said. When the guy in front of you. Is showing you that every day. It rubs off on you. Or on the group. That can be a good thing. And it can be a bad thing. You don't think Kellen Moore was rubbing off on a group a little bit? I do. I, I do. I think it's why you you always hear all the Cowboys are soft. Because our our identity was just that not saying Mike McCarthy is going to come here and this is just going to be a rough and tough and team but 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 Zach Martin when it comes to Solari and Mike McCarthy Zach Martin is telling you this is the second time he's brought this up about Solari and about McCarthy there's an edge to these dudes there's a there's a football feel to these guys and it's rubbing off on the group and if it's rubbing off on the group it's going to rub off on them on the field this team is going to play tougher up front, and I think in general. And I do, that. that's why I do think things start at the top, essentially. When you got a guy like Kellen Moore, who's your play caller? Doesn't have that edge, and it is going to rub off on a group. You're going to kind of, look, it's just going to naturally be like that. I don't think it's going to be the case with Mike McCarthy. So I love hearing this quote from, from Zach, uh, the leader of this, this offensive line. And I do personally think that edge will have an effect on those guys up front, which will have an effect on the rest of the offense because they they will essentially probably dictate how well this offense does or how well it doesn't do. And for some reason, my chat is not working over here, but am I making a big deal out of this quote? Like, I'm, I'm open to saying, Sky, yeah, you make it too much of a big deal. But I don't know, man. I just feel like, when Salar, when he says it's about Solar and he says it's about McCarthy and then McCarthy is bringing up communication, McCarthy is bringing up continuity, like you can't have that divide in the highest of ranks and expect the guys to fall in order consistently. I just don't think you can do that. I just don't. I agree, Professor. He said, nah, it's important. 100%. Now I'm on my, I have to look, I have to look on my phone for the chat. Apologies, y'all. Coaching absolutely matters. 100%. All right, let's get back to the phone lines, man. I ain't heard from LoS in a minute. What's good, LoS.
4: Good morning, Sky, man. Hope you're having a great day. Um, it's a great day, as always. And, hey, I, your show is killer like always, man. You keep Thank doing an amazing job every Thank morning, you, man. man. Uh, so let me just hit on the things you talk about, you know, as far as, that, you know, O-line and Derrick Henry. As far as Henry, I really think, we don't. I want us to be opposed, like you said. If the money's right, did you say We Henry? can go for it. Yeah, Derek Henry, right?
1: Nah, Dalvin Cook. Yeah. but it was Dalvin Cook. Yeah,
4: yeah, my, like Dalvin Cook. My bad. My bad. I'm tripping yeah. today. Oh, okay, but yeah, okay. Dalvin Cook. <laughs> yeah, Dalvin Cook. Um, if he, if the money's right, you know, you can go for him. You know, you you can have that, you know, that Cook and TP combo, right? But um. I just think there's three guys in our locker room that you got to pay first before you let the other dominoes fall. And, I, you know, I think you know who the names are. But I feel, I feel like if you figure that out first, then you can go out and figure out, you know, mm. what, what we can do later on and let the dominoes fall from there.
1: But so, as
4: far as the old uh, land,
1: go ahead. So you're saying they should take care of, you're, you're, I'm guessing you're talking about Steele, Diggs, and Lamb prior to, to adding a veteran. Correct. Okay.
4: You know, and, and you know, well, and I feel like once you do that, you have a clear indication of where you want to go, how much, how much, or what's, what's the price we're going to have to pay if you really want to get a premium guy Because you know, premium guys don't just come off the shelf for cheap guy. you know, like it's going to cost you some, some pennies. And it's gonna see if Steven Jones is willing to bend that money because you know how he feels about yes. the money. Yes. It's like it's like Mr. It's like Mr. Krabs in, in SpongeBob. <laughs> you know, he just it, he just holds on to it. You
1: know, so that's fair. And, if, you know, if, you gotta yeah. If Dalvin Cook is is, is going to be expensive, yeah. The, the conversation is done. Yeah.
4: And and like I said, the O line dudes do, do need a piece or two just for the depth. And I, like I told you, Scott, I'm tired of playing these damn musical chairs. I mean, I don't know what they're hoping with Tyron. Yes, he was an all-time pro bro. Yes, when he's healthy, like he's top three in that position. However, in these last two or three years, what has happened, Sky? And it's, it seems it's like they're ignorant to the fact that he's not what he was. And it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's, what's that word? Incompetent? But I just feel like they need to find a solution, at least figure out a way when he's heard, okay, now let's see what we can do and not change. But I will tell you with this, I will say with this, Mike McCarthy, what I do have faith in this year, Sky, and you hit it on the note, is we might have finally an identity. And when you have an identity in football, when if you know what you are, like let's, every team has a weakness, guy. No team is built damn perfect. Like, like, you can say that, whatever, every team has a flaw. But it's coaching that overcomes your flaws and see what you can do to, let's get back in this, you know, game, you know? And I feel like Helen never had it. I feel like once once things turn bad, it's like, oh, you know, what what am I going to do? I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing ghosts out here, right? But I feel with Mike McCarthy, if we were to go down, I feel like, hey, guys, we know what we are. Let's chin up. Let's go play some. Let's go play some damn football. And you know, I have my chin up on that. And I feel like communication. What you said, it might have been the reason why Dak threw those all those damn t- turnovers. Having not the water season on the same page. Oh, 100 so, percent. part of that. It. Might change too. So let's. You know, I do have faith. And like I said, Scott, this team is going to make some noise because I already done said it. They're going to be 13 and four, and it's going to be up. And it's going to be up to us.
1: To see if we can get to to our full potential. And I'll leave you with that, Scott. All right, man. Appreciate you, Los. Shouts out to, and and I'm not calling them this. This is their podcast. Bitches love sports. I see them in the chat, man. I I watched, uh, I think it was the show with Vach on there. And man, y'all got to check them out. Uh, I I really enjoy y'all content. Appreciate you for being here. I know you're in the chat a lot, but you had brought up uh, the observation. I happen to look over and see. So salute to you. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, A lot of what you're saying is something along the same lines, identity. Cowboys did not have one. I think, pull this out. I think that having Mike McCarthy as a play caller, you will have an identity. Now, look, everything ain't going to be perfect. Y'all might not like the identity. I might not like the identity. We'll see. But, but like I said, I'm just of the belief it's best to have your guy, the head of the table, shout out to the day ones. The head of the table calling these plays as opposed to being, you know, second fiddle to a dude who was in diapers when you when you were calling plays. So I digress. Scott Walker still. Uh, 808 Heartbreak. You are live. How you doing, brother? It's uh, Sonny from Hawaii. Sonny from Hawaii. What's good, Sonny? how you doing bro
5: i was uh i was thinking about this sorry i don't want to change the subject from what the last guy was talking about you good but i was watching hanging with the boys yesterday morning i was all like dang i gotta hear what Will wanted to say on this subject i was like i wish he was on the show man they got to bring him on i want to hear what he got to say
1: hanging with with the uh, boys hilarious man uh uh, nate newton always had me cracking up but go ahead
5: yeah so i was uh, watching it and I want to see your take on this. It's uh, sent in honor of the first day of minicamp. What's your take on two, two players. I mean, uh, two topics of a player okay. who has the most to give up. Like who needs this minicamp the most in terms of the shortest leash and who has the most to gain out of this minicamp. My two opinions would be, the least, like, he can't give up much is Kelvin Joseph. A lot yeah. of people say Jalen Tolbert needs this cap the most. And then um, my my guy, I feel like this is his year, to be honest with you. He showed spreads he wasn't even supposed to play last year. Damone Clark, I, I feel like mm. he's going to show you this year, man, to be honest with you.
1: That, those are two so good you, names. Uh, I, those two good names. I agree with you on Kelvin. I think Kelvin, he, he need. you said who needs it the most?
5: Who needs this mini camp the most? Like, he can't afford to... Yeah. He, he can't afford to, oh, my... Sorry. My, my language.
1: No, no, you're good. Who needs it the most? I think Kelvin Joseph absolutely needs it the most. Now, who was... What was the other way you, you phrased the other one? I said, who has the most to gain from this camp? I'm going to go... Both training camp and mini. I'm going to actually go tight end. I'm going to go Jake Ferguson. I think if if, if Jake Ferguson you know, securely supplants himself as a trustworthy option. The tight end, the tight end in this offense and with Dak Prescott is such a a underrated kind of safety valve for this room or for this team. And he gives you something that the previous tight ends didn't. And that's a, a run after catch type guy. So if he can continue to develop that chemistry with Dak Prescott uh, throughout the offseason, he's got the most to gain. Now, obviously, he's got competition, right? He, he's got uh, uh, Luke Schoolmaker in that room. But uh, Luke is dealing with this foot situation. He's out of the boot, by the way, update. Luke Schoolmaker is out of the boot, but he, he wasn't practicing yesterday. Just kind of doing things off to the side. However, don't fret. He should be ready for training camp. Now
5: nah, I got it's you good, I'm good. just so excited about this hearing stuff, man. Don't don't sleep on Damon Clark now. I tell you, no. you, you see him 100%. It's going to be complete. Yeah, there you go, man. Yeah. Hey, I love hearing it, man. Yes, I can't wait till one of these days, man. You got to get a appearance on hang on the boys.
1: You deserve to be there, man. <laughs> oh, right. No hating hey. no on A to Z, man. Love A to Z. Appreciate you, man. Uh, salute to my guy from Hawaii. Look, Sonny. Salute. Uh, Jesse on there. J- Jesse probably could get me a little. He could probably do something, but, but you know. I, I like their show as is. I like their show. but I might try to surprise them. One day when they do this little call-in segment or what have you, maybe I'll try to see if I can sneak on there and surprise them. Um, but yeah, that's a great question. Let me get into the chat and see what y'all, what y'all say. Who has the most to to gain from this camp? Um, I think most of us can agree. Kelvin Joseph. Like, Kelvin Joseph needs this. From the other, the other part of the question. Kelvin Joseph needs a good mini camp or a training camp. Probably more than anyone. Uh, but who has the most to gain? He has Damone Clark. Very good answer. I have Jake Ferguson. Uh, I saw Sam Williams. But look, man. I just think Sam Williams is going to be so damn, so damn good. I, I hope he gets a true shot to compete as a starter. And this is no disrespect to uh, D. A. Dorrance Armstrong. I just think the ceiling is so much higher for Sam Williams, and I'd rather find out sooner than later. I'd rather see if he can be a guy that can get off to a hot starting games, uh, opposite of D. Law, opposite of or with D. Law, doesn't no matter uh of Michael Parsons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But early in the season last year, Dorrance Armstrong was killing it. So uh, you know, it's a good problem to have. I love, I love that there's a DA in Sam Williams conversation. I'm not trying to get rid of either. I know people want to get rid of Dorrance Armstrong. I'm looking at this thing as a 20-game season. And in the 20 games, you're gonna need that. Let's oh Neville Gallimore is a good one. So so Neville Gallimore is definitely a guy that that needs to have a good camp. That's a very good one too. Jabro Cox is some answers I'm imagining on the other side. Most of the game. d says, I think it's going to be a unit that will take a big jump. Linebacker? D-Shift? <laughs> Nate, so Nate, Nate. so he said, Nate, not going to be nice to me. Nate, I, I enjoy listening to Nate. Come on, man. He's a six-time Pro Bowl, three-time uh, Super Bowl champion. I'm not about I'm not finna argue with Nate Newton. No survey Bobski. Nate Nate is super. Te- he he is cemented into his opinions, and that's fine. You know, he's hilarious with it. But yeah, I wouldn't argue with I wouldn't argue with Nate. And I wouldn't do that. I'm seeing Turpin. His name popping up here. So over the last week, I'm I'm finding out here, and it was it really started with Pat Walker. When Pat Walker came on the show for our uh scientific method episode. He pretty much came out and said, look, y'all, y'all can scratch this whole competition at kick returner or him possibly not making the team. He's on the squad. And I kind of I said, All right, you know what? I'll surrender on that. I'm not saying I was ready to kick Turpin off. I said Turpin needs to. And I still believe this. He needs to show he can provide something offensively. However, they did some return things yesterday and Kamonte Turpin was first team return guy. Uh, according to everybody down there, Turpin is your returner. And if he's your returner, he's making his team. So until I get evidence of otherwise, I am looking at that room with Kevontae Turpin on the team, which means there's maybe one spot left. Seriously, unless they want to go long, they could go seven. But five spots are taken if Turpin makes it. Tober's is not going nowhere. Turpin. And then you got the big the big three. Now, you could say, well, Turpin could be looked at as a specialty guy in the same way that CJ Goodwin is. And now that opens up a spot. But if he's actually going to try to do some offensive things, he's your fifth guy. And now they got maybe one spot left. A lot of competition for one spot. A lot of competition for one spot. Semi Lemitre, that's a good one. Semi could use a very good camp, and, and it sounds like him and Tober. And let me find this because I'm not going to go through everything today from the mini camp notes because we're going to get Pat Walker on here tomorrow. So Pat's going to be able to give us day one and day two of of what happened down there. But there was one note here that I, I want to bring up about Jalen Tober, and I know you said what well, you I was talking about. Hey, Hoko, hear this. So. Between Hoko and between Jalen Tober, the one thing we kept saying was that these guys are going to be able to play faster. Hell, they said it. Tober said it. And Michael Gelkin had dropped this on Twitter where he said, quote, Cowboys second year wide receiver Jalen Tober is playing much faster. Evident he is thinking less, has better handle of what he's being asked of him across all wide receiver positions. He caught multiple touchdowns during a red zone seven on seven period when Kellen was out and you heard McCarthy was a guy and McCarthy came on and said, the secret sauce is to, to make these guys think less and they'll play faster. It's that simple. Immediately. I, my head turned towards Kamante. I'm sorry. Jalen Tobert is semi-fail And it's why I think you see these two guys having leaps. And if they, if they can, the, here's the here's the guys that we use, the examples. If they could have a Cedric Wilson type of jump in year two for Tober, year three for Simi, your your wide receiver room gets that much deeper. And, and I truly do believe in the talent of Jalen, but it's always been mental. Same thing with, with Fielko. I don't know necessarily it's been mental. It's just been more, hey, I need the opportunity and I need to not get hurt. There's there's a lot of talent in these two guys. And if they don't have to think as much and they're playing much faster, your wide receiver room is, is, is extremely deeper. It's six deep. Now, now it depends on what happens with Turpin, but it, it absolutely goes five or six deep uh, from a talent standpoint. So I, I like to hear it. And again, there's a lot of people that I poo-poo all this stuff. Oh, somebody's lining up here or somebody's doing this. This is what I always say to that. It's just practice. This is what I always say to that. Would you rather hear that these guys are doing well or that they're not because i promise you if it came out Jalen tober man he dropped about four balls he's not doing good out there oh y'all be blowing this up but when it's Jalen tober or whomever is, is doing well i'll practice i always just practice promise you y'all be going crazy if it was the other way around so you need to build momentum practice is, is important you need to build momentum heading into training camp Final call of the day. Danny Savage is calling in. Let's see what Danny got to say, man. What's good, Danny? Hey. Good morning, Sky. Good morning, Sky. Good morning.
6: The conference has been locked. So you, your mind, man? Tough, to, tough tough with a question because we we're on so many different topics this morning, but I'm going to with the original ones. Uh, tough. One question. You said there was an issue with Malik Davis with immaturity. Was that because he spoke out about not playing in the San Fran game, or was that because they didn't put him in in the San Fran
1: game? I, I have no idea. I, I don't know what the immaturity is. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think it was before San Fran. Uh, there were some there was some maturity issues. But him speaking out about San Fran, to me, wouldn't be a situation where I would be tripping because I'm with him. <laughs> like, hey, why are you not playing me? And you got a one-legged Ezekiel Elliott who's not giving you anything. I can give you that pop in San Francisco. so I'm not mad at that. Apparently, there was there's things aside from that uh, about Malik Davis. And, and that's as far as I'll go until I know extreme details. But the, the word that I was hearing was maturity issues, which he's a young guy. It is what it is.
6: Yes. I mean, I agree with you 100%. But in that game, the position we were in where you know Zeke ain't getting – more than a 10-yard run at most, I throw that kid in even with his issues because one long run, one busted run, and now we have a different game. All right, now I'm just going to move on from Malik. And I like Malik. I think he runs hard. I do. Dalvin Cook, listen, he gets cut. I take him any day of the week. But that's not going to happen because Zeke's bags are packed already. They're packed for camp. They're packed for the season, and it's politics, man, politics. The second, people forget, last year, one week, the Ravens lost three running backs in one week last year. The second Dallas has one injury in our running back room. <coughs> hey, Zeke, you on your way? He's coming. And I would take Dalvin over Zeke any day of the week. But it's politics, man. And, you know, people want to talk about all in. Yo, if we went out and got Hopkins, we went out and got a cut, Dalvin took because I'm not paying him $11 million, yeah, I'd say we're all in. But until that happens, that's not, I don't think we are all in. But I do, I would take Dalvin in a heartbeat. Because you're going to need more than three, especially like you said. And I agree with, it's going to be running back by committee this year. Feels like it. And I'm going to land the plane. And no, go ahead. I'll let you comment. No,
1: I agree. It feels like it, committee. You're right.
6: Okay. And uh, I'm going to land the plane with talking about Nate. I think Nate and Eric belong in the Hall of Fame. And you can never argue with Nate Newton because he's a legend, yeah, and man. he was an honorary NWO member for one night. <laughs> so just right there, <laughs> he, did, Yo, come out, he did come out. great show
1: as Appreciate you, Danny.
6: You got it, man. Talk to you later,
1: Scott. I, I need to. I need to clip that. Uh, I think Danny sent that to me a while ago, but I need to clip that. Yeah, I'm. I'm not arguing with Nate, man. Bro, you six time. Pro Bowler, three-time Super Bowl champion. Whatever you say, Nate. I'll give my opinion, but I ain't finna argue with Nate Newton, man. We talking about, especially if it comes to uh, offensive line and things like. Just honestly, just the game. Like he, he understands. He know he forgot more football than I know. You know, but it'd be fun to have a, like a legitimate football conversation. I would actually try to pluck his brain. If if you notice. anytime I have like players or former players, I'm trying to learn. You know, the the nuances and the intricacies of the game that, that I'm not in that locker room. So I want to know, or in that meeting room, or on that obviously on that field, I want to know the ins and outs of it. But, but yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to talk to Nate. According to my guy, Jesse, though, you better have the bag if you're trying to get Nate on the show. <laughs> Nate is not a shy to that. If you want me, i need the bag. I can dig it. All right, man. Uh, we're going to read some supers and get up out of here. Good stuff today. Shout out to Twitter, by the way. I see a couple of you guys sharing some stuff. Jay Tuck uh, on Twitter. I'm not sure who the Celestial Cowboy is here on the chat, but appreciate you for uh, sharing the, I think it's the Zach Martin quote. I never really say share too much. I'm not trying to be the YouTube, oh, like, subscribe, and share. No, no, no. I always say if you like the show, like it. If you want to be a part of what we do, subscribe. But the sharing part is the the most important one um, because it, it helps reach people that may not know about the show uh and you know we don't have a super machine behind us and look i must i say this all the time i personally do think when it comes to cowboys and when it comes to a cowboys morning show this is one of the best ways to start off your day for your cowboys news i truly do believe that I right, we had a couple more that I, I missed here super chats shout out to my guy matt lennox super chat drop 20 appreciate you matt uh, smoke one for you. Super chat. He dropped two. He dropped 10 and said, it's MTC. We're just preparing just in case someone goes down. We need to see if others can play the spot. It's MTC me. Better be safe than sorry. Y'all remember the Atlanta game? Yes, we do. Who was out tackle? Enough said. Correct. Yeah, I, uh, I think this is gonna This is why I think they're doing this the right way. I'm not gonna hold y'all. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't do that. I was definitely in, in a frustrated mode hearing the whole Terrence thing, but now I see all right, week two, we're working on this. I get it. I get it. We are preparing for an inevitable injury or a possible injury where last year we did not flat out they didn't do it. Um, now McCarthy did say something interesting about the whole putting these tackles into left guard. If y'all wanted to really get in deep with that, I thought that was fascinating and interesting, but I honestly. Um, I, I kind of want to have had a conversation with botch being the O line guy, but he mentioned, you know, putting the tackles in that guard because this league is, is a passing league. And you, he said, you need to run, but you got to pass the win. And he, he talked about the little details and, and nuances of, of being inside a, as a tackle. So I'm going to bring that up later on. Cause we will be back today. Unless things change the Lombardi live show. Smoke dropped one more super chat. And he said, remember, remember what they said, Sky. they've been playing turpin a whole lot in camp. So, Hey, speed on speed is the name of the game. And we have a lot now for sure. We brought up that, that group of like five of explosive guys, the Cowboys could, it could stretch a little bit further of explosive guys. The Cowboys have on this, this offense that last year, I don't think was the case. You got TP, you got deuce. You got Turpin, if, if, if he is getting involved offensively. You got Cooks, right? C.D. Lamb. And then if you want, maybe you add in a Fejoko, given his his speed, you know, 4-3, uh, was a 4-3-8 type guy. But we haven't seen Fejoko kind of stretch his legs just quite yet. He's been kind of deep ball, jump jump up, 50-50 ball type guy, possession guy. But you have a plethora of of explosive type of dudes where Last year, I don't think that was the case. Last year, you and and look, you talk about the tight end group. I think from a tight end standpoint, he might not run a 4-4, but but Jake can give you yak stuff. Uh, Hunter Lipke can do things from a fullback. So they got a lot of dudes that can offer some explosiveness given their position. Where last year, that wasn't the case. You had two guys. And it was two guys, and it was two guys they were using. Other than that, you can tell defenses were okay shrinking the field on you. And you can tell that Kellen and them was they had to shrink to the fill themselves. So appreciate you, Bruce. All right, man. This was a this was a good one. Um, I didn't think the Dalvin Cook topic would go, but I thought that was a good conversation there. Uh, if you missed the show, we talked about the wide or the running back room. Mike McCarthy, a couple drops. We talked about what Zach Martin had to say. Uh, Brillo, Brillo had a good day of practice. We brought him up. And we talked about that offensive line, getting back in order and what I think was, was the right thing for the Cowboys to do and they're handling the situation the right way. So, really good show. If you enjoyed it, like I said earlier, hit that like button. If you want to be a part of the Bomb Squad,
5: bomb squad!
1: you got to be a subscriber, man. You got to be a subscriber and then share this with all your friends and family uh, so they can know where to go here in the morning to get their Cowboys goodness, you know? Tomorrow, Scientific method, baby. We getting Pat Walker back in the building. We're going inside minicamp, getting detailed uh, analysis on the first two days of practice. I'm gonna keep saying this because I, I think having Pat Walker a part of what we do on a weekly basis is 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 unreal. It, it is such a big deal to me that I'm gonna make sure y'all know it's a big goddamn deal. So, he'll be on tomorrow. We'll be talking about what he saw day one, day two. We'll we'll talk about some of the things that may have not been reported out there or tweeted out there. And uh, we'll continue to get that inside information. So, make sure I do not miss tomorrow's show. Hit that uh, bell. That's one thing that is important. Hit that bell. And then Friday, we'll continue to cover the last week of Cowboys practices until we go on a hiatus, man. Not looking forward to it. But they'll be going on a hiatus. With that said, Appreciate you guys for joining me this morning. I'm going to go ahead and press this button and go on about my day. Get to work, because it don't stop. Is that bomb squad drop What Casanova? In the- no, that is from uh, the boxer. Now it's got a brain fart. But it's my man. I'd be like, bomb squad as a boxer. I'll be out of here. Love y'all. Peace. (laughs) Yes, Dante Wilder. Appreciate you. Yep.